welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz. I am your host, Danny Katz. I am an author, journalist, and a quantum languaging coach and consultant. What that means is that I teach people how language programs consciousness, how language programs reality at large, and how to transform reality and evolve our consciousness with language. I've also been known to cultivate and share an opinion or two or 12 about culture and consciousness and how they are evolving, devolving, and being manipulated by the powers that were. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to fostering critical thinking while supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated, realized, amazing version of yourself. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. (laughs) And think. Given the radical uptick in censorship over the past few years, combined with the complete co-opting slash decimation of my own personal industry, journalism, I started Word Up to have a free speech-friendly platform in which to engage exploratory, solutions-based conversations with visionaries, mystics, original thinkers, and rebel badasses who are helping to make the world more wonderful. The first half of my interviews run between 30 to 90 minutes and are always posted here for free public listening. The second halves are reserved for paid supporters on my Patreon and my Locals platforms, where for as little as $5 a month, you can access all of my second half conversations along with oodles of other bonus content and opportunities to drop in with me, to drop in with our High Vibe tribe, and lots of other awesome things. In addition to interviews, Word Up also features quantum languaging upgrades, planetary service announcements, and propaganda analysis, which I call Spot the Propaganda. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your sacred attention with me and our high vibe tribe of change makers. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can stay abreast of our every episode. Thank you for also clicking the like button, for sharing far and wide, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As well, if you are gleaning any value whatsoever from these shows, consider supporting me on Locals and or Patreon. And as you are wanting to learn more about my quantum languaging coaching and consulting services or nab copies of my books, find me on dannycats.com as well as on quantumlanguaging.com. Okay, I think that's it for our housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Hey, superstars. Welcome back to yet another awesome high vibe episode of word up with danny katz today i am joined by the author of the gene keys and the art of contemplation and the forthcoming book of lines which those of us gene keys nerds have been waiting for for such a long time mr richard rudd and god bless richard for (laughs) for this conversation and so many conversations we've had that aren't always the easiest before we dive in I am reminding you to click that subscribe button, to like, to share, to comment. I'm also going to encourage you to sign up for my newsletter because I hear so consistently that people, even though they're subscribed, 
I don't necessarily show up in their feed. And when you sign up for my newsletter, you absolutely get to stay on top of my every next video drop, podcast drop, book launch. My new book is out, The Language of Betterarchy. Um, it's just a great way for us to really, truly keep in touch. I think that does it for housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy my conversation with the ever graceful, gracious, beautiful, brilliant Richard Rudd. writing the line book finally that we've all been waiting for for so long thank you for yeah. doing that it's quite a job yeah it's quite a task yeah it might going on we ready for at least a year if not more because it just it's so much it's depth right is that daunting for you like do you do you come up against resistance before diving into a book no i love it i love it and this book it's it's just been a magical book because since when my father died two years ago, I decided to start writing it. I knew I was going to write it later in my life because um, it's it's called The Sage. You know, so I thought I can't write that book until I'm like at least mid 50s. And and I, so I started it and then my father died. And then that was the trigger. I'm going to start writing it. And so all I did for the, for about a year and a half was I wrote one sutra every morning at dawn um, for each of the lines. I didn't know what the line was actually when I wrote each sutra. So I just wrote the sutra, like four line little piece of poetry or a kind of wisdom that would come to me. And then afterwards I would go, I wonder what line that is. <laughs> and then I just, I would just tune in and until, until I kind of, got the quality of the line. And so I worked, I did that for a year and a half without anything else. Um, but prior to that, um, I had gone through a process of naming the lines, but I didn't tell anyone the names. And the name's changing a bit anyway, because I'm writing the book, so things are kind of jumping about a bit. And, you know, that's part of the magic of writing a book, isn't it? You know that. Absolutely. Start yeah. with one idea, it turns into all kinds of other things. Yeah. Are you familiar with the writer Douglas? I think it was Douglas Rushkoff, David Rushkoff. David Rushkoff. That rings a bell. He's, um, he was a satirist. He died, um, maybe a decade ago, a brilliant, beautiful writer. And I remember hearing an interview with him where he said the hardest part about writing a book is how much it sucks until it doesn't, you know, <laughs> and how the first draft sucks and you just have to keep going and you know, it's terrible and you know, things are in the wrong place and the ideas are only like half baked and you just have to get comfortable with it not being good until you get to the place where then right. you can make it good. Yeah. It's a lot of orchestration. I mean, Rick and I were talking about this actually, and we were saying that when you write, you know, like I think he and I write books in a similar way. Like I don't ha really have a plan um and you know and we were saying so that's quite alien to us like to me like i don't have a plan i have the kind of structure and i think i'm just going to fill the structure in randomly and see what grows from you know so i have the structure of like the gene keys when i wrote that 64 of them and i thought okay the 64 things or chapters and i wrote them randomly and then they it kind of all assembled itself you know, and then one chapter affects another one, you know, and then you kind of something else 
pushes another one out or changes one and yeah it's just it's and then it's just a magical experience this lines one is especially magical because it's very intricate it's just 384 of them right because they yeah. they change for each sphere and yeah and i'm finding families as well appearing that have no that they, they, they have no kind of r r logic but there are little families of lines that just have a resonance, but they're not the same, like they're not the same numbers. Um, and, but it's just, so it's quite magical. It's quite enchanting. This is the one I've been waiting for for a really long time. So on a personal selfish level, I'm very excited and grateful that you're doing this. Yeah. Well, I hope it'll, I hope it will live up to your expectations. It's not a sort of, it's more of a poetic kind of deep, very contemplative work it'll be yeah right and is it also your birthday season it is now yeah happy birthday season thank you <laughs> <laughs> when's yours mine's january i'm oh, deep cool. winter baby <laughs> yeah are you an aquarian yes yeah yeah <laughs> one of the new ones <laughs> very aquarian yeah so i have a few places where i'd love for us to be able to play today um, I had the the um, privilege. This is this must be my lucky week because I um, was able to interview another one of my dear respected teachers this week, and we were talking about um, being put on a pedestal, which is something you and I have been talking about. And I'm curious, as the Gene Keys has grown and continues to grow, like, do you have any strategies? in place to help keep yourself in check or help other people like not put you on a pedestal or is is that even in your sphere of awareness yeah my strategy is called my wife <laughs> <laughs> and my kids uh -huh. <laughs> that was his strategy too <laughs> yeah yeah it's very it's a real grounding thing you know that um you know, like the moment I walked through the door coming back from Italy recently, you know, and I was kind of on a, a in a really nice, very creative space. And then I came in and the first thing my wife said after saying hello was, the dog's got meat all over his chops. Can you go and wipe it off? <laughs> so I was like, but it's little things like that. Yeah, it keeps it, those things, families keep you very grounded um if you pay if you're if you're a family person and um and also i think you know my family are not that into gene keys particularly um so because they've all got their own destinies and um and so they respect it i think but they don't even get too involved in it and so i, I think that's one thing but there are i think life also kind of sends you warnings when you know pedest what's your word for it pedestalizing well it's actually your friend blue's word she calls it pedestaling it pedestaling <laughs> uh yeah i mean it's common it's a thing you know we all do it i do it i put people on pedestals um i i there are you know i the safe thing is to put if you want to put someone on a pedestal make sure they're dead <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> then they can't fall off, um, hopefully. Um, but yeah, so I, I, 
I don't come that much. I mean, I it's not too much of a of a problem for me. It, it does happen. I feel it happen occasionally, and um, I you know part of me quite enjoys it. The ego part of me quite enjoys it, um, but not in a way of just in the kind of it makes me smile because I I know how what that I know that I know it's nonsense, and so I I kind of. I I help I try and help people feel comfortable if I meet them face to face I just you know I just let them know I'm I'm just ordinary you know I'm really not that you know impressive <laughs> so but I also woven into the Jinkies teachings is is a message of you know this is the changing time really of of, for all of us in consciousness, isn't it? It's the time where we have to be the master ourselves or the teacher and, and find that um, and all give a, give each other a lift if possible. But there always are people who are just, you know, re who really deserve to be put on a pedestal. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I don't know. So you take someone like Nelson Mandela or something, somebody who really has just like lived through it and just iconic people. Um and you know who who kind of have earned it you know i don't know that i've earned it i haven't you know so i so that's why i kind of laugh a bit and and i i can get hooked by it i can get hooked occasionally by the glamour sometimes i you know i get there'll be traps but then i have people good people around me that give me warnings mm -hmm. you know um and um yeah, I think it's good learning for everyone. And I and I, I have had a few occasions where I've been put on a pedestal and and then experienced myself falling off that pedestal um and watching a person go through a whole process with it. <laughs> it's like you know, where I was there and then I disappointed them and then there was a whole thing and then in some cases they actually came the whole way through and like then thanked me at the end for just being that symbol so that they could go through that whole process of the, you know, the expectation, adoration, whatever it is, disappointment, and then forgiveness, and then, you know, normal, <laughs> you know, flat plane relationship. Um, so that's, yeah, it's quite incredible. As I hear you say that, it feels like that's the highest teaching a teacher could give to a student who was pedestaling him or her, is to be a facilitator for that process or be a reflection that kicks that process into action and to also be there when they come out the other end. Um, yeah. that, that feels very pragmatic. I think so. Yeah, because you're, you know, our job if you're in a in a kind of authority role, whatever level, you know you want to. If you're a teacher or a teacher at a school or something, you you're going to get some people's projections, good and bad, and they're going to go through processes, and you have to sort of handle that and not take it personally. And and sometimes you might, and and just be there for them. That's really be there for that. You know, with the work I'm doing, I'm I'm here for people. At a very deep level, at a soul level. So, yeah, I I think that it it can be useful for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and sometimes I think it can be very healing. I think I mean I experience a lot of um, younger people who had shit dads, for example, 
and um and you know they've they've used me or other people like me as ways of healing some of that wound you know inside themselves just by projecting that onto me or kind of oh god there is there's someone i can rely on you know as who's gentle or caring or whatever and they never had that so i think it can be useful um it can be healing for people as well yeah absolutely I mean, it's got dangers yeah for sure i mean i don't know how those those people do it who are on the circuit you know like there are people who are just on the circuit and they are teaching traveling making hundreds of thousands of dollars and and just having loads of adoration and really famous that is like i mean that's something that that's that must be hard to kind of handle i don't know what that's like but i see i mean i see it in 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 certain famous people that that i've met you know it's it's difficult for them yeah it seems difficult i mean i grew up in los angeles so fame was everywhere yeah yeah. And what I learned from that is, is like fame, it, it creates a different species because there's so many walls up. Yeah. And even if we think they're not, it's like, it's just a completely different and so much projection. And then when you go to super celebrities where you have millions and billions of people projecting onto them, that just seems like a bizarre earthwalk to choose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in some cases they didn't choose it. It just happened. You know, and then there they are, and they have to deal with it. Um, and it can be kind of lonely, I think. It can be painful. It seems uh, very painful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and often, quite often, um, some of those super celebrities, their friends are the people that work for them, you know, and um, and the family. And maybe m m there might be one or two others, but, yeah, it's quite a thing. Yeah, I, I mentioned to you, I don't remember if it was by email, but um, that I just read this book by Justine Bateman called Fame. And it was a very, very intelligent examination of the life cycle of fame and what it's like to be famous and not famous. And it was really interesting and humanizing. Um, really, because, yeah, yeah because I've noticed when I'm around famous people, sometimes I can like spaz out. Right. And afterwards, I'm like, why am I acting so weird? Why is my heart beating fast? This is just a human being. So she kind of touches on that as well. Like these just kind of walking projection fields. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And, you know, that it, it, I think you, you, you know, you want to be careful if you're in any other situation like that where, because you can end up being very defensive. And then you, you know, but I mean, I understand it's difficult, like, but then you just, you lose touch with the just ordinariness. Yeah. Ordinary people. That must be really difficult. Must be so difficult. Yeah. yeah. And I appreciate your bringing up the ordinary because I've been studying hop keto for the past year and my teacher's always talking about the ordinary, the ordinary, the small, you know, very Taoist. He talks about mm. the dot, the Tao all the time. Mm. Yeah, it's sort of full, something I've fallen more and more in love with in the recent years of just the ordinariness of existence. And um, yeah, you know, I love, I'm a lover of tea, drinking tea, like fine Chinese teas. And and that for me just is a symbol, like anything can be that symbol for just the ordinariness of like sitting down and pouring really well 
some cups of tea and drinking with a friend or even drinking alone in a contemplative way, but with awareness, it's just there's nothing more ordinary than just sitting having a cup of tea to me anyway. Yeah, um, I, I feel like it's the presence that we bring to it that makes it yeah. special, ritual. Yeah. It can be really extraordinary. You know, yeah. and I, I, in fact, with Rick, we, I drank, I served him tea and, um, and he wanted me to serve him tea and then do it in the podcast. So we did it in the podcast. And, and so we, you know, cause it was, it's powerful. Something that ordinary is actually quite powerful. So yeah. Cause well, you keep I, going deeper. Yeah. And I know, I know that, um, some of the tea you drink is my friend Colin's tea. And to hear Colin talk about, you know, the wisdom of the leaves, you know, that are gifted, you know, from the tree itself, I'm not doing it justice, but it just brings this awareness of how special tea actually is, even though it's this very ordinary act. It is. And it's it just because it like anything, it can connect us to nature, you know, anything that you imbibe, especially a leaf or a flower or plant, and then you imbibe it. It just connects us deeply into our source and our roots. And this is where we come from. You know, this is the earth we're drinking or eating. You know, those are really great ways of connecting with our roots and with our ordinariness. Yeah. Yeah. So I've stepped into the dream arc initiation retreat. I'm already in love with the field. It's so magical. And I'm also noticing some changes presenting themselves in the structure. And I was curious about your take on censorship and language policing um, in through the lens of the 55th gene key. And the idea of sacrificing freedom to protect victim consciousness. I'd love to know your take on that. Well, I think I think I know what you're talking about. I think you know one of the things that we've that Rosie and I've tried to do is, um, because we have because the Dreamark is new and it's not and it's designed so that it can be available to anyone, and that includes people that are completely new to my teachings or the Gene Keys or any of those things. Um, we just want to keep reminding people of that um, because the people that when you get into a realm like gene keys or human design or astrology or whatever, um, you learn the language, you love the language, you get absorbed in it. And, um, and you can forget very easily uh, just how alienating it can feel to someone that doesn't know that. Like it's like being at a party and there's a group of people that know each other and they speak a kind of language and you don't speak that language. How do you get in? And so we just, you know, wanted to create, that way of just a reminders, but it's it. I can understand it's a touchy subject because, um, you know, and we each each of us as an individual has to be aware of our kind of tendency towards rebellious reaction. You know, so if we feel or if we project that someone's trying to control us, we might react and we might have we might overreact. And I don't know. All I know is that Rosie, who's kind of often says those things is one of the most empathic people I know. And I don't know any other way of saying it without not saying it, you know, either we could not say it, in which case people will, might not be aware 
So it's nice to, I agree, it's something to learn from for all of us. It's like one of those things that like cultural appropriation, we all, it's a journey and we have to learn from it. And this is a journey as well. We're trying to increase the feeling of empathy so that no one feels left out. But we certainly don't want to go in a direction of censorship. That would be utterly against the entire, well, would be against any principle that any of us represent. That, I mean, this is about as far away from who we are or who anyone into the Gene Keys or um, DreamArc is, you know, so because it's, it's like super inclusive. Um, but at the same time, I think that I think there's a I think those are good messages. It's like we've like one of the things we've had to really address. It's a silly thing you might think is some people don't like to put their camera on in the Zoom rooms, right? And other people found that really difficult, you know, like because they think, well, what have you got to hide? Why are you you know why are you here if you can't show yourself? And and there's all there's lots of people that kind of actually, um, you know, they might have they're, they're neurodiverse or they, you know, they have like something going on that makes the visual very overwhelming for them. And so we we've really listened and we actually we came up with it. We actually took advice and we came up with the idea um, through a friend of ours to have an audio only room. So that people, you know, so that people who want to do that actually feel safe in there, and we want others to include, like that. That's a, that's okay if someone. But we'd like the people. If you are going to choose to do that, we'd quite like it if you could say, you know, you don't have to explain why, but you could say, you know, I am here, but I, you know, you might say a few words in your own, you know, what your reasoning is, so that you don't have to give an excuse. You just have to say presence it and say i'm here i'm 100 percent here mm -hmm. i just want you to know um and so it's things like that we're like it's there's so many of these you know how do you in, in inclusiveness is something to continually expand it's a lesson that that i'm always learning that our group are learning our business is learning and our values are to be super inclusive um so that's really all I, I'd say is that that's what we're attempting to do, be, be as in inclusive as possible. And every time we get a piece of feedback like yours, we'll tailor it as e even more if we can, um, because we certainly don't want people <laughs> feeling like they're being censored. That would be awful. Um, so we might, you know, we had a conversation about it recently. So we might, well, should we have rooms for people to discuss? I said, no, you don't want to do that. That's, you don't want to segregate too much. Um, but maybe we will. Maybe we'll have like rooms where it, it's more about people who speak certain languages and want to carry on speaking that language. Then that's an interest group. So we just welcome people who have interest groups like that, wherever it is, if it's jinkies or anything, like go on, to form your own groups, spontaneous, you know, form your own group, self organize. Um, and it doesn't mean you can't share it in in our retreats of course the dream art retreat because it's a different language but maybe i think that's what rosie was saying and that's what i would say always and have said is if you say something that someone else might not understand just qualify what it is i mean that's easy you can just so if i say because i've had people in rooms with me in chat rooms or whatever or zoom rooms and they say i'm a 
a two four you know projector from human design on the cross of this or that you know um and they say some language and i don't know what it means i know what that means but there's some things i don't know what it means and, and i'll be like well i didn't understand what you said by the way <laughs> um and they're like oh oh sorry so it's just nice sometimes to kind of preempt these things and think uh so that's that's really all we're trying to do is like just qualify if you're you know i've got gene gene key 56 line six in my sq oh is everyone here know what gene keys is oh yeah cool and oh you don't okay well that you know that's just like you might say a few words like just to or just to help them feel included so it's literally just that you know. It's interesting because I, kn I know it's so well intended and I know it's so loving. And the more efforts go into inclusivity in the gene keys, the more excluded and oppressed I personally feel. And I'm looking at that because I'm working with the Raven and that is, you know, the shadow of oppression. But in like, I love how self-responsible the community is, right? So if I go to a party and everyone knows themselves and I don't, I can victimize myself and think that they're doing something wrong, or I can take responsibility for how I'm feeling and use that as an opportunity to extend myself, um, learn more tools. So I notice in this larger inclusivity conversation, there's less and less opportunities for people to do that because we're attempting to sanitize this space, which is also a lot of complication, which we know is a shadow you know, simplification being a city. And I notice like the preambles for the rules for all these calls are getting longer, 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 no profanity. Um, don't talk about astrology. Don't talk about this. And it's like, it feels like we're protecting a victim frequency instead of trusting that like, if I don't understand what people are talking about, I can say, you know what? I didn't understand that. But all these rules, 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 like where's there room for the trickster? if we're not allowed to swear. And if someone gets triggered, great, let's bring that into the conversation as adults and talk about it. But all of that is rules, rule. It's just, I'm having a hard time with it. Thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I am reminding slash thanking you to and for <laughs> clicking that subscribe button for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As you are receiving any value from my podcast, as you dig it, as you listen regularly, consider supporting me on Patreon and or Locals, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half podcast interviews, as well as oodles of bonus content. Your support really goes a long way in supporting me as a journalist and an independent content creator navigate her way through a really crunchy time in terms of free speech. And as you are wanting to learn more about my work in the world, my books, my products, my quantum languaging, coaching, and consulting, you can find me at dannycats.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. And if you're not down with a membership patronage platform and want to send me one-time donation, 
You can use the Bitcoin link if it actually appears on your podcast listening platform. You could also send me a one-time donation by way of PayPal at dannycats at pm.me or by way of Venmo where my username is Sadie Bloom. Again, your support means the world and makes a massive, massive difference when it comes to continuing to share this work with the world. Thank you for sharing your sacred attention with me. Thank you for remembering that you are omniscopic amazingness and for having a rockin' day. See you next time, superstars.